So the songs that we sing really need to reflect, I think, uh, the reality of the world that we live in. And, and, and I think what's so powerful about the hymns and about any well-written piece of music that's used in Christian worship is that it's rooted in reality, rooted in, in the resurrection of Christ. New Year and welcome back to another episode of Him Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Cara Devereaux and I'm Monet Funga and in today's episode we brought back special guest Jeremy Casella who will be breaking down the hymn Guide Me O Thou Great Jehovah. He gives us some insights into the man behind the hymn, what inspired him to revamp this tune and why some hymns endure the test of time. But first, if you're listening on YouTube, hit subscribe, ring the bell so that you're notified whenever we drop a new episode. We're also available anywhere you listen to your podcasts and our episodes come out every Monday. If you don't want to leave our contact up to the algorithms of social media, head on over to impartial.com. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter where we will deliver our news direct to your inbox and you won't miss a thing. The newsletter also contains fun bonus content you won't get anywhere else. Yes. So for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you might notice that it's a little bit Christmassy still in the Hymn Partial Studios. Uh, That's because we recorded this um, last year when we had Jeremy Casella on to talk about Joy to the World. If you haven't listened to our Advent series yet, uh, what you waiting on, go check it out at himpartial.com. Um, and hear us speak to him then. But today we we had him on, we got a twofer. Um, we had him on to speak about one of the songs that he had actually re reimagined the tune for. And it was a really good conversation. Um, as we said in the intro, we do end up talking about some really important topics in, in reference to the hymns that have endured the test of time. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really good talking to him. And it was really nice to have this fresh perspective mm. because so often we kind of think of a hymn and we think of a tune and we think those two go together and you cannot separate them. Mm. Um, but just hearing his perspective on making tunes singable mm-hmm. for each generation and, and making them something that we all can sing. And if that means changing the tune, we change the tune. It was a really good, um, really good insight, a really good conversation. And I really appreciated it. Yeah. So without further ado, here's the episode. American musician Jeremy Casella has been a singer-songwriter and performing artist for 20 years and was an integral member of the Indelible Grace Collective. You can find him at jeremycasella.com and if you missed it, please check out the Advent episode we did with him on Joy to the World. It was a really great episode and we're excited to be talking to him again. Jeremy, welcome to the show. It's good to have you back. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, was written by William Williams, um, a hymn writer we've never actually talked about on this show Mm. before. Um, Could Mm. you give us a brief rundown of who he was and when he lived? Yeah, uh, William Williams was a Welsh hymn writer. He's actually a pastor as well. He wrote over 900 hymns. And he lived in the 1700s. He died, uh, I think, in like the 1780s. Um, But this particular hymn was written um, in 1773, and he wrote a lot of hymns, like I said. In fact, he's sort of the the Elvis of the hymn world in Wales, from what I understand. (laughs) The Welsh are very proud of of their own, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
And William Williams is such a Welsh name. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I think he didn't get discovered for quite a while because he wrote in Welsh. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And, you know, one of the things that I also know about him is that he... um, he would ride from parish to parish. He pastored, you know, five or six different churches. And so he would ride from parish to parish uh, on horseback on Saturdays and Sundays, preaching his sermons. And so he was, he was a, a working pastor mm-hmm. and a great hymn writer. Um, wow. Like I said, he, he, he's written over 900 hymns, but the, the, the one that's the most well-known, uh, the most famous one is this one, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, This is a really beautiful hymn. If you don't mind, I'm just going to read the lyrics so that our listeners who aren't familiar with it um, know what Mm -hmm. we're talking about. So the lyrics are, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Open now the crystal fountain, whence the healing stream doth flow. Let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. Strong deliverer, strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield. Lord, I trust thy mighty power, wondrous are thy works of old. Thou deliverest thine from thraldom, who for naught themselves had sold. Thou didst conquer, thou didst conquer, sin and Satan and the grave. And when I tread the verge of Jordan, bid my anxious fears subside. Death of death and hell's destruction, land me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises, I will ever give to thee. That's pretty great. (laughs) So what what do you love most about uh, this hymn? Uh, I think obviously we just read the lyrics there, but what, what kind of drew you to this hymn? Well, certainly the lyrics, uh, I think, reflect the reality of my experience. And, mm. um, I didn't, um, when I first came across this hymn, I, I, I knew of it because when I was a kid in church, we would sing it every once in a while, but it was in a major key. And it was almost sort of this triumphant uh, music. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I always thought it was strange to me because the lyric is is not triumphant at all mm. it's very uh subdued right mm, mm, and, yeah. and plaintive um so uh i like it i like the lyric because it uh it just reflects a lot of my own experience of you know life on earth and over the years i have been amazed um we can get into this but to, to see the life that this song has had at where it's ended up because um it's you know i've gotten you know, emails and messages from folks all over the world who have sung this in their worship services. And it just is amazing to me how it resonates. Yeah. But I think it's the lyric. I mean, it, it's, yeah. uh, you know, what we all long for is, is rest and peace to know yeah. that the Lord is guiding us to where we need to go and that he's with us. And that ultimately, um, you know, our anxieties, our anxious fears, you know, will, uh, will leave us and and we'll have Mm. the peace that we seek, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love, one of the things I love about this hymn is that it kind of acknowledges how hard life is, but it Mm -hmm. also has that hope of Christ being with us. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So the original tune for this hymn is an old Welsh tune called, I think it's Cymronda. 
Um, but you've actually revamped the song and written a new tune for it, which is lovely, by the way. I really yeah, like it. it um, can you talk a bit about what the process was like with that? And just kind of more generally, you've done this with quite a few hymns. So how do you decide which ones kind of need a little bit of refreshing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this this song um, I came across in a, in a hymnal from Charles Spurgeon's uh, church. It was called Our Own Hymn Book. And it was a, um, a Spurgeon hymnal that started in double grace here in Nashville, uh, he gave to me and he said, Hey, um, flip through this book. And, uh, you know, if you see any text in there, there were no, there's no music. It was all just words. And there were thousands of hymns in there. And, um, he said, find one that resonates with you and set it to music. And so I liked the challenge of that. And so I found that hymn and I remembered it from when I was a kid, but I, I just started fiddling with it. And then about, I, I, I think I came up with that music pretty quick. I mean, it was 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't really? very long. Wow. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I recorded it for an album that I was doing uh, called Faith and Heartache. Mm. And then uh, Indelible Grace recorded it like a year later. And, mm. um, yeah. and that was a long time ago. And the song's still out there doing its thing. So um, what drew it to me, drew me to it was the lyric and uh and I think like, as far as the other hymns, I, I've set a number of other hymns uh, to music too. I mean, it's the lyric that, you know, a lot of times there's just a lot of hymns out there that um, have fallen out of use, you know, that yeah. are really beautiful words mm-hmm. um, that we don't sing anymore because the music doesn't really connect to our ears anymore, right? Like doesn't resonate with us stylistically for whatever reason. Yeah. And then on the other hand, there are a lot of hymns that we don't sing because they're terrible hymns. And so, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not, you know, I'm not precious about hymns being perfect, you know, and these mm. like angelically, you know, delicate things that we can't retune. Yeah. In fact, the church has done this for years and years and years yeah. and years and years, generations. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it was uh, Luther who put, uh, you know, used German drinking songs, uh, yeah. the melodies to German drinking songs for, yes. you know, a mighty fortress, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's not a new idea, but anyway, you find a, a hymn that you resonate with and you, you bring it back out, try to get it in front of people so we mm. can sing, uh, sing the stuff together. Yeah. And, and what's so important, I think about doing that is it's really the gospel of Jesus is in these hymns. Mm. Um, and so we can actually sing the gospel. Mm. That is what, I think it's so powerful to me about a well-written, you know, piece of music, whether it's a hymn or a modern worship song or Mm -hmm. whatever, uh, could be a Psalm set to music is that the gospel's in there. Yeah. And, uh, my friend, my friend, Kevin calls it theology on fire, right? It's this idea that we can sing the gospel out loud to get it out of our heads and into our hearts so that we can actually live it out. Mm. So, you know, when you're flipping through these books, looking for old hymns, that resonate with you that that's it's been a good time of of taking them and and doing that um seeing the fruit that comes from that yeah well it is honestly um it's it's so appreciated in the church um seeing folks like yourself um and others kind of revamp these old hymns because i think sometimes young folk uh, i'll include myself in that for five minutes uh get um get 
intimidated by some of the old language of some of the hymns. And I know some hymnals will update the these and thous and all that stuff, but really it's such beautiful praises that, um, you know, brothers and sisters of old have written uh, Mm -hmm. for God. And we do miss out on those richness, maybe because it has kind of an older, even an older folk tune that we're not familiar with, or we're not, you know, that keen on singing. But then someone brings it into the modern, um, the modern world with a new tune, and it just it just gives it an it gives it new life. Yeah, I think we yeah. shouldn't throw out hymns just because we don't like the tune. If mm-hmm. you don't like the tune, change the tune if it's a good hymn. Yeah, but. I mean, most of the most of the really 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 famous hymns that we sing aren't sung to the original tunes yeah. from when they were written. So it is kind of a weird thing that people would hold on to the old tunes so so tightly, you know, and not and not uh, mm. be willing to refresh it. Well, that's what people do, and that's okay. Mm. I, I think that, you know, we took Abide With Me, which is a kind of the, you know, amazing grace of your guys' world over there, I think. <laughs> um and when we did Abide With Me and we set it to different music, we got all kinds of You would get a lot critical. of hate. Hate mail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's a mostly lot of the footballers that would be upset about it. Not yeah. really like yeah. Christians. It, it's not a Christian thing. It's a cultural thing here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. And I understand that. And that's yeah. okay. But if you read the lyric to Abide With Me, it's really, really powerful. Yeah. I like your tune better. I didn't like that song until I heard it to the new tune. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we go, could you share some of the scriptures that um, kind of went behind the lyrics of this song? If, if you know them, if you could share them with us. Mm. Well, I think for me, um, I don't know, since I, I only modified the lyric to this, <clears throat> um, I wrote a refrain at the end. Let's see, uh, Oda uh, uh, finally say goodbye. Um, bid my anxious fears, bid my anxious fears, land me safe on Canaan's side, bid my anxious fears goodbye. Um, when I sing that song live, I do a kind of a, a vamped out version of that. Um, mm. But the, so I'm not familiar certainly with, uh, you know, too, too familiar with what inspired William Williams lyrically from scripture there. But to me, it connects to Psalm 91, just uh, mm. dwelling in the shelter of the Lord, um, specifically the first four verses of Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. Um, in that he will guide us to, uh, to safety, uh, bringing us, you know, safely home as a friend of mine, uh, loves to say, uh, that, that Christ will guide us safely home. I love that image. Mm-hmm. And, um, because we're protected and we're in the shadow of, of the father and, uh, under his wings and the covering of mm-hmm. his protection. And so, yeah. um, you know. I think a lot of the songs we sing that are that are any good, um, and I want to kind of jump into that for a quick second before we go. Yeah. I think that a lot of the songs that we sing that are any good really speak to the reality of our impending encounter with death. Now, I know that sounds really morbid, but here's the thing. Um, that's the reality that we all live with, whether we really want to face it or not. And Christians believe, right, in the resurrection of Christ, which is a really mm-hmm. strange idea because people who die, they don't come back to life, right? That's, that's the central belief of Christianity is resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we're not really meditating on the fact that in our songs that we sing, that Jesus is uh, c- 
concerned with our suffering and our perishing and that he rose from the dead and that we will also, because he rose from the dead as the firstborn of, of new creation, we will rise from the dead too. Mm. I love what Dallas Willard says, you know, he's a great, um, uh, he, he's passed on, but a great Christian teacher and, and philosopher here in America. It's really influenced me. He said this, Dallas Willard, he said that um, he is so alive in Christ and so are you and I. We are so alive in Christ that when we die, we might not even realize it. Hmm. Meaning it's like you blink your eyes and you're there with the Lord. There's no separation for us from Christ, mm -hmm. from God. And he's mm. so present with us and so, so, so close to us that I, I think it's really worth meditating on that. Mm. And so I think the songs that we sing that are of any use, uh, help us sing the gospel and help us center our hearts on the reality of how close the Lord is and how loved we are by God mm. and that he will never leave us. Over. You know, and I think you've seen this, the reality of this in the last number of years where yeah. we're walked through COVID and, and what are the songs that people are reaching for mm. during this time? Yeah. Well, they're not light and fluffy songs. They're, they're like deep rooted, rich texts mm -hmm. that yeah. connect us to reality. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we are saturated in reality. Mm -hmm. So the songs that we sing really need to reflect, I think, uh, the reality of the world that we live in. And, and, yeah. and I think what's so powerful about the hymns and about any well-written piece of music that's used in Christian worship is that it's rooted in reality, rooted mm -hmm. in, in the resurrection of Christ. Um, it's not trying to manipulate you. It's not trying to make you feel yeah. something. It's not trying to, I mean, any good song is going to, you're going to feel something mm -hmm. because it's messing with you in the best way. Um, but it's not manipulating you, right? No. Yeah. Um, we need to be fed uh, meat, not, you know, Dr. Pepper or whatever. Um, <laughs> right? we, we need a good diet of the yeah. gospel. And so I think yeah. the songs that are useful to us deeply encourage us because they're rooted in the gospel and they help us sing it out loud and they prepare us for our, our impending encounter uh, with the fact that we are, uh, are going to die uh, mm. in some kind of way. Um, mm -hmm. But that we're so alive in Christ uh, that his resurrection, the reality of his resurrection, uh, we, we will rise again. And, you know, I think it's a quite preposterous thing to really talk a lot about, and maybe that's why we don't talk about that so, so much, maybe at least over here. I don't know about you guys, maybe Scotland, you guys talk about, <laughs> but like, but man, I, I think that's it. And, and we're yeah. faced with it every day in the newspaper yeah. here, right? Like every day you turn on the news and there's some other crazy thing that's been going on yeah. in the world somewhere. Um, and so uh, that is really, really good news for mm -hmm. everyone. You mm -hmm. know? Um, and it's good news that I need to, to, to think about every day. Um, I need it every day. So, you know, um, that's where I'm coming from, I guess, with, with some of these hymns. And yeah. I've been amazed to see guide me uh, end up in places like Iraq. I got a message once from a, mm -hmm. a soldier in uh, Baghdad who said he was listening to this song on his iPod wow. while doing rounds in his tank. Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a war zone yeah. type of hymn. It was also, yeah. this hymn was also sung a lot in World War I, um, mm. which you can read about a little bit online. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it's powerful stuff. And, yeah. um, 
You know, I think anything we can sing that connects us to the reality of that God is near, that he loves us, he's not far off, that he has the final word, that those are songs worth singing. Yeah. yeah. And that's why they last as well, exactly. because they yeah. they have substance mm-hmm. and they have meaning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most definitely. Well, honestly, thank you so very much for your time and for sharing a bit about um, this great hymn and its and its author. Uh, we really appreciate what you're doing, and uh, we pray that the Lord enables you to continue um, your work, uh, both locally and globally. So, well, I'm I'm so th- thankful for that, and I um I appreciate it. I appreciate what you guys are doing, and it's always good to talk about uh, songs that reflect reality that are rooted in goodness, truth, and beauty. And so many of these old hymns, they really do that, and we need yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, we need them. Yeah. So thank you for what you're doing. <laughs>